It's not as scary as you think to get into a VA loan. I mean, honestly, most people are getting into a VA loan with less money than it would cost to put down a deposit in first month, last month's rent. You're listening to the Expertish Podcast. Be sure to head over to iTunes or Spotify and tell Jay what you thought about this episode. Expertish is where you can learn how to invest from those who have, those who are, and have some fun along the way. Are you ready to start? Welcome to Expertish Podcast. This is Jay Johnson, and today I am with Jared Kelly. You may have heard of him as the VA loan wizard. Oh, man. <laughs> Lender here in San Diego and VA loan specialist, that, but uh, does a lot more than uh, just you know the average VA loan. So thanks for coming and talking to us, Jared. Wow. The wizard. Come on, throwing that out there. I saw it on Google, man. It's got to be true, right? Yeah. I I guess there's some wizardry in it, but man, it is just a blessing to to be part of the expert-ish. I feel like that's the the drill. Like if we're not constantly learning and evolving, you're dying, right? Like there's no middle ground. So I love even the title of this expert-ish. Right. Because no one's really an expert unless you keep keep growing in the craft, right? So man, thank you so much for for making this part of the community. Oh, hey, thanks. I appreciate it. It's fun to get to uh, network and hang out with people like yourself, drink some whiskey. Today it's a Yamazaki 12. What do you think? Man, not Uh, bad, smooth. (laughs) Right on. Right on. Not a bad way to, to break up the day, right? Yeah. Hey, Jared, I just want to again uh, and ask you a couple a uh, couple things, a couple of the starter questions, a couple softballs. How about that? Start right. with that. Like, you know, we hear a lot of people market to the VA community, you know, veteran community and VA loans in particular. There's some good marketers and then there's some good people, you know, who can actually execute. And there's some people that are, are a little both, right? What would you say for beyond just purchasing your house, how do people get past that barrier of entry into building wealth, utilizing a VA loan? Great question. We're going to, I'm going to have to unpack that a little, little bit at a time. So first of all, like I don't mind the people that are just marketing to VA loans. There's some big national companies and other things because I believe that every veteran should have an opportunity to, to own a piece of the land that they defended. Right. So, is there some people that you're not going to get as good of a deal? I absolutely think that. But in the long run, in the 30-year span of that mortgage or owning that house, you're still going to win. Right. You're right. still going to win. So I don't necessarily mind that there's people marketing. What I, what I do mind is when people are deliberately scamming veterans because they don't know. Right. And, and there's a lot of things to know. So uh, I, I think some of those big pieces are... Not every lender charges origination fees. Not every lender charges processing, underwriting fees. Not every lender has the same rates. Not every lender has the same guidelines. Right. That's the crazy part. The VA puts out a guideline and you may talk about one lender that says, no, you're not eligible for a VA loan. Right. When in fact, that's an overlay that that bank has put on a loan. So just a confusing piece that, that kind of is part of this equation is the VA is insuring the loan. They are not the ones handing out the money. Individual people hand out money and they decide, hey man, like you got a 580 credit score, you're too risky for me. But they may just be dealing with the regular buyers, the conventional, the civilian dudes that (laughs) every day, that's, that's something that is 
unacceptable maybe in that world where if you're deploying all the time and you have some lates and some things that come up, the VA does not have a credit score guideline. That is always an overlay from a lender. If you're getting a VA loan, dig into that because usually it's more more lax because we understand that military are going to be deploying. You're going to be doing workups. You're going to be doing other pieces that may impact your credit. And we're going to look at the story more than just the the credit score right so i think that's another really big piece to understand is think about your credit understand your credit know where things are going but there is no credit requirement for a va there's also no dti requirement on a va loan crazy yeah, that's right huge. you have to be responsible as a va lender when you're handing these things out because it's what's called a residual loan after all of your expenses that would show up on a credit report, the new housing expense, and a maintenance expense that the VA sets, you have to have a certain amount left over depending upon your family unit size, which is super important to understand. Most VA lenders or people that don't focus on VA don't understand that it's not a debt-to-income-based loan. It's a residual-based loan. So some crazy points. I know that that was just the tip of the iceberg on understanding the VA loan and, and starting to build wealth. It's not as scary as you think to get into a VA loan. I mean, honestly, some people are, most, are getting into a VA loan with less money than it would cost to put down a deposit in first month, last month's rent. Right. Insane. 100%. To your point on the first, uh, as far as the overlays and that, you know, the stipulations are sometimes externally, you know, bank to bank or lender to lender, you know, it's, it's really tied to that. We saw that a lot earlier this year, right? When COVID kicked off because... I mean, it, it was kind of chaos because everybody, you know, people were trying to ref- just figure out what's going on. So all of a sudden people were at very different levels with those overlays, weren't they? Absolutely. The overlays and pricing. Mm-hmm. No one knew how to build in the risk. Right. If you don't know this, the VA loan is the least foreclosed upon loan in the United States of America. Wonder why? Because veterans are responsible. And if you're not, I'm going to call your command. Right. <laughs> you're going you're gonna to get your money one way or another. Hey, guys, I know your boss and uh, I'm, I'm tied to you for the 30 years. Yeah, right? So yeah. we're going to figure it out. But it is the, mo- the least foreclosed one, the mm-hmm. least foreclosed upon loan in the United States of America. And I think that's super important to understand. If you're a veteran, the reasons a lot of these benefits do exist is because you guys are being responsible with paying your mortgages. Right. So keep doing that because the next man up needs you to continue to do that. Right. Yeah, 100%. You know, if, you, <laughs> if you don't use it responsibly, it could go away from the next guy, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I can't can't really emphasize that enough. We do have a responsibility to take care of the people come after us. And if we are abusing things, that goes for anything in life, right? You abuse it, it gets taken away. Yep, don't, don't do it. And, and so... Going back to what happened kind of in the early, you know, to 2020, I mean, is it still 2020? What, what year is it right now? I don't know. I, I just what like, yeah. I'm just an autopilot until 2021 hits and let's just reset and see what happens. Gosh, this is a, this is a living groundhog's day, but I think no one knew what to do with the guidelines. So the people who really said, you know, we're here to serve veterans, mm-hmm. not just to check the profit box. Uh, we, we kind of said, Hey, we're going to take some hits, right? We're going to, we understand that some of the pricing is th- some of the things we need to do. So 
in that message, understand that every lender is completely different on VA loans and you should shop around. You should get advice from people who have went through it, but also don't be scared to jump in and just just start start working at it because you're not going to know what you don't know. Yeah. And unfortunately, that's the same the same story for people who aren't the wizard. Right, right. right? There you like, go. <laughs> if you haven't made it to wizardry, you just don't yeah, know. You don't know. Yeah, who knows, right? <laughs> well, you, 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 you nailed it uh, earlier too when you mentioned, you know, hey, there are different pricings, there's different little things, but in the grand scheme, it's not that big a deal. And so getting in the game and getting it done, that's huge. And it's kind of when you, people start talking about stocks, like, oh, I wish I'd have bought Apple at this time. I wish I'd have bought Tesla at this time. And it's like, okay, yeah, but you didn't. Yeah. So don't you wish you would have still bought it two months ago, even though you didn't buy it at the, you know, at the super dip, you know, like you're still making money. You can't you chase money that's passed. You don't you know? know. You don't know. Right. And yeah. you can make a mistake. Like there's a lot of people who thought it was great to jump into Enron. Yeah. Wrong. Right. right? <laughs> but I, I, that's why it's so important to have a good team. Like this is a real estate lending investment can be a very snaky industry. Yeah. And I think understanding having teams where you can ask questions and they'll say, Hey, we're going to walk out of here with a plan to buy a house or a plan to get you into a spot right. where you can do this is the, that's the number one question you should be asking. Yeah. And then, Hey, what are my fees? What are my other stuff? Because like we talked about at the beginning and you reiterated getting in the game is the most important. If you're not playing the game, right. you're never going to have money working for you. Yeah. You're going to be grinding it out forever. I was just working with a guy that's been in 26 years, active duty, has never used his VA benefit, never used his VA benefit in 26 years. And the reason why is not because he can't afford it, not because that there's this big grandiose path to home ownership that he can't achieve. He's scared, right? He's scared to do it. And he's scared that if he does it now, like what is he giving up later? Mm -hmm. And I, I just had to stop and ask the question. And I was like, so if you don't do it now, what are you giving up later? Right. Right. So opportunity cost, if you if you don't make a decision, you are making a decision. Right. So it doesn't mean that homeownership is right for everyone. If you're doing a workup, you're in a, you know you're going to be doing training, you're going to fork and knife, and you yeah. know you're going to be moving around, like maybe not for six months or a year. Right. But my question asks, if not this duty station, which one? Yeah. Which one? Yeah. When are you going to decide to pull the trigger? It's never the right time. You know, there's never. never a great time. There's always a reason not to. And that's something when, when I'm talking to someone who has interest, but they, or that approaches me with, Hey, I just want to pay off a little bit more debt. I want to put away a little bit more money. I want to do this, you know? So I'm thinking like next year, I'm like, all right, cool. Like, awesome. So talk to a lender and let them help you put a plan together. And they're like, oh, well, you know, I know I want to do this. I'm like, but are you doing the right things? Cause that's another thing Call too. A lot of people are like, you know, and I, and I, and I'll be, that's what I love about working with uh, military veterans too. Like, you know, most of my friends actually love just people being blunt, you know? So it's like, save the time. So it's like, Hey, look, if you're not going to take the time, just an hour to meet with someone and make the plan, you're probably not going to buy next year. You're not going to buy the year after yeah. like make that plan. And then you'll see where you honestly are. Cause that's the other thing that happens. People realize, Oh shit, I can do it now. Yeah. And it's going to only cost me this. And people are amazed or they really do have some other goal or some other things. And, and someone like yourself puts them on a plan like, okay, cool. If you do these things, these things, you're going to protect your credit. You're going to protect your, your situation. They'll allow you to, to do what you're shooting for now and still purchase a home in say a year, a year and a half. But, but that's kind of that whole thing of just getting in the game. Sometimes getting in the game is just meeting with a professional to make the plan. 
Yep. And if you don't do that, you're just not going to do it really. Agree. Again, not everyone's created equal. So I just kind of want to say, understand that expert-ish, right? Right. Again, the name of the podcast again, there may be another level. There may be another fence that you haven't quite looked over yet when you think you know all the answers and it's like, hey man, what about this trick? Or what about this thing? It's like, I didn't even know that existed. I've been building a plan based upon the the antiquated system, Yeah, right? It's like, hey guys, you know, we have nuke subs now, like, or you know, <laughs> right, right. And these guys are, you know, working off of sailboats. Sailboats, right? Like, hey man, your Viking ship isn't, isn't going to win. Right, right. And, and I think that's a lot of the process. There's a new VA loan. There's a lot of Vietnam veterans, uh, Korean War that are walking around where it was use it or lose it. Right. And if you didn't use your benefit, you lost it. Those have been reinstated. We can pull those DD 14s. We can go back and fight to the VA. We'll go look up your records and we will get you qualified again for a VA loan. So right. it's not grandpa's VA loan anymore. Right. Yeah. right? It does mean that it's not fog and mirror get alone either. Yeah. It's there's responsibility and there's planning that goes into it. But if you're active duty and you're not thinking about using this this benefit that you have, like check yourself because you're getting tax free yeah. money that you get to then write off on your taxes if you decide to do that. Especially if you're a single person, don't get the big deduction. Mm-hmm. You're probably going to itemize and be able to write off tax-free money against your taxes to not pay more taxes. And and then back to exactly that, the part about, you know, the allowance not being taxed, what does that mean to people that I think a lot of people don't realize that when they are qualifying for a loan as far as what they're getting? So that, that let's just round it to $3,000 you may be getting for housing allowances equal to what for a civilian? A hundred percent. Well, first of all, getting paid three grand a month as a base pay, like, come on, United States of America. Let's, yeah, let, let's yeah. I'm glad we have benefits like the VA or doing some healthcare, but go wait in line for two years to get anything done. Like, let's take care of our military. But the BAH, because it's tax-free with the VA guideline, and so not all, not all lenders are going to honor this the same way either. So remember, there's overlays. The VA guideline states for any tax-free money, BAH, BAS, jump pay, hazard pay, those things that exist that you are going to continuously be getting, we can prove you're going to continuously be getting, we can gross up as if you're paying taxes on it at 25%. Doesn't mean you have to even be in a 25% tax bracket. And you probably aren't with your measly $3,000 a month that you're getting in base pay. <laughs> you have to have, you have to, you have to tack on some of those extra pays to, to get along, you know? Yeah. So that three grand just became 25% more. So you're 3750, right? So right. I, we just gave you a raise mm-hmm. because you're getting tax-free money, which we get to qualify you on. So the reason that that matters, again, is not because of the DTI. What the DTI does is not make us do a manual underwrite, which then saves us some money. So most companies, most veterans, sorry, going super deep in this, but most lenders will make you do a manual underwrite if you get over a certain DTI requirement. Doesn't mean you can't do the loan, but you're going to have a hit in rate to do that. So by doing some of this wizardry, Changing the numbers, we're just changing the balance sheet. We're putting money here and and subtracting again over here because we have to subtract it out of the residual allowance. We get to desktop underwrite you or LP underwrite you, which means we get an automated underwriting, which speeds the process up and gives you a better rate. 
the bit better rate that does not hurt and that especially uh you know we, we have crazy low rates right now but every bit that that rate saves you that's huge long term right yeah. to your point too of the different overlays and stuff because like you said that doesn't necessarily reflect the lender themselves or the person you deal with themselves it's just where they work or you know who's lending that money so if you don't get the best response the first time. And a lot of them will tell you, like, I know you would. And I know like, you know, most anyone that I work with would tell you drink a little bit to the amount of lenders I have to deal with that aren't telling the truth according to the guidelines. Yeah. Because sometimes like I've had, you know, I I know for sure some of the people that are, are reputable here in San Diego, they'll be like, Hey, this is the best I can do, but I think there's better out there. And, yep. and people like that, I think, thank God for them that, you know, that, that reflects on the whole industry, you know, when they're like, Hey, you know what this play, or if sometimes they'll even point them in a direction like, Hey, this guy or this guy, I think right now they have a better VA deal right now. And I'm like, you know, thank you. That's, that's true service to clients, no matter what veteran, civilian, whatever, that's just good service. Yeah. A hundred percent. I think that that's part of the team game. Like what is a team we're playing on? Like I'm going to go super philosophical, but it's a team of human race first, right? right? Like let's treat people people like humans. Let's have our subcategories like, okay, I'm, I'm going to treat a veteran a little bit better than maybe a civilian. So (laughs) sorry, but like, it's my passion, right? Yeah. That's the passion project. I, I love seeing that E4. Or example, we have an E3 right now. We had to get permission right. for someone to live off base and say, hey, let's prove that we have the financial stability to be able to do this. Are we talking about yeah. Jack? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, he recorded uh, actually an episode uh, last week. So we can, awesome. yeah, Jack is, uh, yeah, we had, we put together, we, we basically put together a business plan and essentially like, Hey, let's help them structure how to get permission granted to move off space as a brand new 19 year old. So if you haven't listened to the episode, go back, listen to the episode because a 19 year old is, is understanding that there's a plan behind this that is making it happen. And sometimes that's a better time. Yeah. You're not wasting your money on the big ass truck. You're not buying a motorcycle and a Camaro and then you decide, oh, I'm actually uh, a Corvette guy. And then like, oh, no, I forgot this whole time. I like Mustangs. Right. right? Like, <laughs> I'm not going to say I haven't been there, to, right? you know. And if you're there, you're there. Like, yeah. that's the starting point. Like, yeah. as lenders, you don't think that we've seen the fifth divorce, the bankruptcy, the stuff that you've tried to hide under the rug and the skull. We've seen it all. Be honest share it with a lender that cares and will make a plan to get out of it. Right. Right. Like the story is the story. Yeah. The future is also the future. (laughs) We got to move on and we got to make a plan to move on from that. To Jack's credit too. Same thing as making a plan. It was six or seven months ago. He first reached out to me and started working and making that plan. And then several months ago that I connected him with you and started making the plan to, it wasn't even eligible for his VA benefit yet. Right. Yeah. And then, but essentially the day he became eligible, he was ready to start shopping for a house. Oh, shopping for houses. That's, that's just, I mean, phenomenal. Like uh, to somebody 19 to look ahead and do that. But the position he's going to be in at 25 is I'm just going to be envious of. Right. And it's all a give and take, right? It's all opportunity costs. Maybe that isn't the decision that you are making, or maybe that truck, again, I'm not recommending this. I'm just saying 
Creating a financial future is an important piece, but creating an emotional stability is also super important in life. Like, uh, you know, a lot of people uh, and and maybe some parts of myself, like, I don't know what happened in my 20s. Like, (laughs) (laughs) kind of forgot that part of my life for for multiple reasons. So they're like... That's okay because it's a part of being a human being. Like there's an emotional aspect. I'm not saying make every single piece of your life about doing exactly all the right things and finances. Like, cool. You had a $250 bar tab. Like maybe someday you'll have a thousand dollar one. Tuesday. (laughs) Yeah. I was talking about yesterday. (laughs) Don't do it by yourself. Right. Yeah. That's bad. That's a bad sign. Yeah. so, So I think, you know, doing those things is cool, but like, understand the opportunity costs that you have in that understand the opportunity costs and decisions that you're making and buying that $70,000 truck brand new driving off the lot and it being worth 35,000. Like, come on, like go buy the used one, wrench on it, learn another skill. And then you got a truck and a house, right? Order of operations, right? right? Yeah. Buy the house and buy the truck. You can do it. It's, It's lax. Like a couple, well, a couple good decisions, kind of gives you a little grace for uh poor ones right yeah like you make a couple good ones and then you kind of do something dumb you're like well oh that that was dumb but i'm still okay yeah my yeah. wife tells me that all the time like hey like here's some grace but it's only because you you've also bought me some flowers sometimes. right right <laughs> yeah right it's a perfect <laughs> perfect analogy right <laughs> it's, yeah. sometimes it's good to think ahead it's kind of like that like sometimes you got to think ahead and uh get you buy your grace up front right that's yeah. really what you do with some of these investments uh it, absolutely it my this point now for me i've had to make because believe me i i have been great at spending and wasting <laughs> like you know and, and part of it I, I sometimes yeah there's things i like i wish i hadn't done this or that but a lot of them too i'm like man that was a great memory you know like uh last second trip somewhere and just not care you know or um buy something i just really wanted or thought i wanted like you were saying like ah oh, okay that wasn't the greatest purchase but you know, I don't really regret those things that all kind of build you to where you are. But at this point now, my rule to me now is I can still get anything I want. But to do that, I have to make an investment that pays for it. Yep. So if I wanted to get, I, I don't even want that anyway. That's the other thing that you stop wanting certain things. But if I wanted to get like a $90,000 car and I need to come up with like a $900 car payment, then I need to come up with some investment, buy some property or something that's going to provide that $900 in rent for me to buy it. So I think that that's a, that can get super scary too, of like, mm-hmm. oh man, now I'm compiling all of these things up. And I just want to go back to the order of operations, right? Like we did jump from, we jumped from like making a plan VA loan to, yeah, to like, <laughs> oh, buy, buy the $90,000 car. So order of operations, just think about like, okay, what are appreciating assets and what are depreciating assets? What are things that make you happy? What are things that make you sad? Right. And it's super elementary in that. But like start building your appreciating assets before you build your depreciating assets. I promise you in the long run, making a short term sacrifice is going to help you on the long term game. And if you're not playing the long game, like listen to some stuff. Gary V. I've listened to Gary V for a while. He's changed his attitude on a lot of pieces. If you think about the humanness and the exchange rate of things that that he's getting. I've shared this. I did a radio show for a long time and I shared this on my radio show several times. The exchange rate from money to other things, money is the worst things that you can exchange. It's transactional. Having the truck that you exchange for 
ego is mm-hmm. purely transactional. Having the ability to take all your uh, rental property and have all your buddies go on vacation or stay there or do things and build memories and do things that are going to be like, hey, man, I got your back. Yeah. Hey, you're going through this like I got you. Start to become non-transactional. Not that it can't start out that way, mm-hmm. but in life, as you start to have some expert-ish, right. you start yes. to realize that the less things that you do are transactional and the more things that you do are just fundamental, the better that you can be as a human being, right. too. Right. Well, hey, uh, tying those two together as well, it's kind of some of the things that like a project, you know, we don't even have to get into it, but a project where now are, are some of the people we've connected each other with for some of the projects it makes it not just transactional either because it's kind of, it just turns it into a social fund that makes money because you're connecting good people together. And then every time we're around them or talk with them, it's a good time, but it's also a financial investment. Yep. hundred percent. I was win-win. Oh, 700 this morning, you know, left the office about 1am last night, got up, you know, met, met a warrant officer. Oh, 700 this morning. To walk a house, he's like, well, you're the loan officer. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I've done some flips. I've done some other stuff. So I've cut my teeth. But here's one of, I want to go see. Does this place have chipping pain? Does this place have a health and safety issues that's not going to allow you to get a VA loan on this property? Right. He, one of his neighbors that he knew for a long time had lived a great life, passed away, and he has opportunity to buy this house off market crazy opportunity and he he's a little scared going into it too yeah. and the reason that he's willing to to make these extra steps is because in 2012 he was actually an escrow on a property for 375,000 using his benefit he decided that that was a little bit over his comfort zone right. maybe he had to give up the bar tab a little bit more and decided to pass on it that house is now worth about $700,000 eight years later. Right. And he's like, I'm not making that mistake again. So I found this property. Can you help me just walk through what this means to get VA eligible? So that not only the person, right. but the home has to be VA eligible right. too. And people think that's a, it's a big daunting task. So health and safety issues are the big things to pass on the VA loan. So what you can't buy is a fixer upper where someone's ripped down the drywall, you see the studs, there's no appliances, there's no heater. Yeah. Can't do that. What you can buy is a house that needs some TLC, mm-hmm. some love, right? Totally possible to do. And we walk this place and he's like, you mean like we can do this? <laughs> and you'll like help me walk through this, this process. And I was like, man, not only can we do it, you're going to be walking into a place and here's some other strategies that we can do to get some construction paid for and, and work through this, you're going to walk into a place with a couple hundred thousand dollars of equity. Right. Great job jumping on this thing. Let's not make the same mistake before and make a decision to not do anything, which is a decision to say no. Right. Right. And so I, I think that that's going back to that, that same scenario. That's the piece. Mm-hmm. That, that's the piece that takes it into investing into humanness. Just saying like, Hey, find the people, whether it's your buddies or as professionals like, you know, that have done it before. Now, I'm not saying go get advice from your mechanic right, about right, a VA loan. Yeah. But if your mechanic has done a VA loan, probably a smart dude. Yeah. And you might want to understand that they're not just a mechanic. They're, they're doing other pieces to, to invest in their future. They made some opportunity costs or they've thought about those things. So 
when you're just thinking about, you got to live somewhere, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I, I think that's where I always go back yeah. to. Like the humanness of it is you got to live somewhere. You might as well take the hit, take a sacrifice in your bar tab and you're going out to eat, whatever that may be at your point of life that you're in and make that an investment as well. Double down on it. Yeah. That's first step. I don't know of any other investment that you get to put zero dollars in, zero dollars into the investment and you get all of the upside. Right. It's infinity rate, internal rate of return, infinity. You win every single time. Right. If the market goes down, you just hold it longer. Don't sell it, right? And worst case scenario is you live there. Yeah, worst <laughs> case, worst case. But which is what you need anyways. Like, I, I don't know a lot of people that don't like to have a roof over their head. Seriously. Right. So like that's worst case scenario. And I think that that's kind of the first stage of understanding investing with your VA loan is it has to be a primary residence. Mm-hmm. So buying a primary residence, number one, put it, put your family in a place that, that you're going to exceed, be part of the community. If you think living on base is great, it's easy, it's simple. You're not experiencing the community. You're not yeah. experiencing people yeah you get to go to the movies or go to the the chick-fil-a that's on base whatever that is but get out and experience life a little bit next stage uh va hack right Right. you can buy up to four units right huge crazy huge like i used mine like we talked about eight years ago and it was just two units but still that similar thing it's more than doubled it's insane it's been making money from really day one you know, it, it's just crazy that you can buy like four units. But at the time, it was a little bit different. You know, there was different stipulations when I bought, right? Because 2020, a whole different ball game because there's not a limit on the loan amount, right? No loan limit on the crazy. VA loan. If that would have been there when I when I got mine, I can't imagine if I could have gotten four. That's that I, I couldn't have done that then personally, you know, not with the way the regulations were at the time because we were at what time? Uh, that was like 500. Yeah, 510 or something like 10, that yeah. was, was probably the county the conforming cap. loan limit. And then you got to pay 25%, 25% of the difference. So I didn't back have 25% then, <laughs> for, to go for right? $1 million property or something, right? you know. So, yeah, 25% of the difference means if you buy a property for 600 and the limit's 500, you got to put $25,000 right. down, right? So right. still true. And I think this is another cool hack. If you have used your VA benefit previously, mm-hmm. you can actually own two homes at the same time with your VA loan. Right. So what that means, what the VA says is you need to have intent to live in your primary residence that you are purchasing with a VA loan for at least one year right. and tend to live there. Do people make decisions to, 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 to move out of that house before when you absolutely does a military move you once in a while when you don't want to? Yeah. Yes. So you need the intent to live there for at least one year. That's super important as a primary residence. Again, like we just talked about, the number one way to start building wealth using your VA loan is buy a primary residence. Number two, think about these hacks and these things that you can do. So when you are buying a two to four unit, you now have built-in renters. You have pieces that they're paying your rent for you. They're creating long-term wealth, and maybe you live there for a year and move on to a different residence. Now, let's say, like we just mentioned, you could buy a house in Virginia or Pensacola or Midwest, maybe Indiana for $150,000. 
you purchase that house or your VA loan, then you are limited to the county loan limit in which you are purchasing your second house in as a primary residence. You can always flip your primary residence to investment and still keep the VA loan on that property. Right. So now you can have two houses with the same VA loan. The extreme golden ticket, if you are a service member married to another service member, you just wrote your ticket to yeah. investing in real estate Infinity. as <laughs> as your game plan. I'm just going to say this. Reach out to Jay right now if you are two service members married because you get to kind of play the game yeah. and invest in real estate. It just kind of makes me excited. I love working with that because, you know, it's not me. I yeah. only have my one. So I love like that to me. I same thing. My eyes get big for them. You know, like, oh my God, that's such an opportunity. I think we need to do a lobby. If you've served, if you, let's just say you're Navy right, and you did your time and then you switched over to a, uh, a Marine right, or maybe you, you went reserves and went coasty. <laughs> no one does that. <laughs> oh yeah. You should get two benefits. Uh, I think we, I think oh, we should push for that. So then everybody would be switching. I know I would have been like, all right, cool. Let's jump back and forth as much as you can. But you got to uh, do some time. 10 years okay. maybe in each or something. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So. Get, yeah. I get a bonus one, right? Get, or maybe you get one every 10 years. That would be kind of cool. Right. Like if you use yours 10 years later, if you're still in, you can use it. You can get a new one. So important fact, like the VA benefit is always changing. Mm -hmm. So like we talked about, if you're just jumping in this, we talked about in the beginning of this. And and this, so far for the better, for the, for the service member, for the better. It will be for the better yeah. because there's people like, like you, people like us that are expert-ish that are saying, hey, this is the lowest foreclosed on loan. We need to keep this thing going and we need to make it available to as many veterans right. as possible. Now, there's the Blue Water Act, which made it so that there is no loan limit, is also a great tool to helping the VA have money for other things, right? Exactly. So that's one of the biggest ways that the VA is funded, not just for loans. That's what your funding fee goes to. Right. So there is a VA funding fee for first time use and for it goes up if you are used alone a, a second time. The interesting thing, the VA expects that, hey, maybe if you're using the house for a second time, you got a couple hundred thousand dollars in equity. You're going to put some money down the next time. They say, okay, we're going to cut your, your funding fee almost in half. Right. So, and if you put down 10%, more than half, we're going to cut down that funding fee. And, and the super interesting thing, so myth that's out there, if you are rated and you have a disability, you have to have at least 10% to be waived from the funding fee. That is not true. Any rating, a 0% zero zero. rating yep. gets you exempt from the funding fee. Any service-connected disability rating gets you exempt from the funding fee for life. So if you need help getting rated and you have a, a legitimate hearing loss, mm -hmm. tendonitis, please reach out to the expert-ish right. people. <laughs> and we'll point you to the to the actual experts in that for sure. Correct. Because like, that's so important. Like yes. you sue our military and you lost your hearing. Come on. Yeah. Don't be too proud to go get rated. And there's so many things that get you that rating. And it's, and that's really all it does is it just gets it listed for you. It gets it known. So if there's issues down the way you can be taken care of, but man, to waive a funding fee, yeah. For for a zero percent military related thing, so you're not getting money for it, you're not getting tax deduction for it. You're just, but you get rated and you no longer pay that funding fee. Yeah. So back to the Blue Water Act, why it is important and why there is no loan limit now. 
nationwide with the VA loan if you have full entitlement. If right. you have a current loan, there is that you're limited to the county limit. But if you have full entitlement, it means it still means you could sell your current house mm-hmm. or refinance your current house. Second hack. Yep. Refinance into a conventional loan. You get your entitlement back. You can use it again with no loan limit and you pay a funding fee. That funding fee is not just going to a bunch of gumbies. Right. Um, sitting at desk, like yeah, it's going towards. So the Blue Water Act was for especially Vietnam veterans that never set foot on land, that stayed on a ship. Blue Water got exposed to Agent Orange, maybe got exposed to things indirectly. Mm-hmm. Still ended up with problems. And it's not just that category, but that is this is the biggest one. The Blue Water mm-hmm. Act was put together for to help them with end of life benefits medical care, things that we should be helping as a community as well. So it's not just going to a bunch of administration or blind in someone's pockets. When you pay the VA funding fee, it's going into a pool for the community. Right. No, it's true. And and we have to look at it that way is we are giving back. When you talked about refining out also. Oh, man. So one, I wanted to point out something else because Again, why you want to talk to people who have done it and just nothing else. Sometimes it's just brainstorming. Like I learn every time we talk, any of the other people that I work with or work around or or even client friends that, that do some of these things, you talk and you're like, oh my God, I didn't think of this. We could probably do this. But as simple as things that might be overlooked, people will think, oh, if I refi to a conventional loan to get my VA loan back, which is I mean, it's not a bad plan, especially if you had a property in, say, California, or you had one in Florida, you want to come out here and you want to use it for a multifamily and really make it a true investment and use that, you know, use it for the bigger number, use it for the bigger loan, right? Because it's such a great rate, such a great thing. Well, if you refi to a conventional, then everyone thinks, oh, I have to have 20% or else I have to pay mortgage insurance. First of all, mortgage insurance, not huge, right? And it depends on how much you put down and stuff. The other thing people don't realize is that sometimes if that really bugs them, they can pay it up front, yeah. right? You can pay it off up front. Now you have to, that's when someone who's helping you that knows what's going on with it can let you do the math and go, hey, look, if you, let's say you're only, because let's say you're Florida and you have a smaller loan, right? But you don't have that 80-20. If you fry, refi, you might, what, pay $4,000 to pay off your, you don't have 20%, maybe it's $4,000 to pay off, you know, that particular uh, mortgage insurance. But then you're getting your full VA loan back to purchase something that you might be making that $4,000 back the first two months in rental income or some other kind of benefit from being able to utilize that lower rate loan and not put cash into it. Yeah, 100% cost analysis and understanding how, there's several different ways to to skin that cat, right? Yeah. So I have an example of the same thing where uh, I just said, hey, looks like on your credit report, you have like three houses, like great job. Right. How, great job doing this. So two of those or three of those are investment property. Yeah. Well, what are the interest rates on those? Okay. So we discovered one had a, you know, four and a half percent interest rate. Yeah. Current interest rate on investment property, still investment cash out was like three and a half. Right. Which is higher than normal primary, but still super low rate and better than the current. So we actually pulled cash out of an investment property, put it in the primary to get rid of everything. So it wasn't paying a fee ever. Yeah. One of the hardest things to do, and I think this is important to understand, one of the downsides of real estate is you're tying the money up, yes. right? Yes. So if you're if you're putting money down, which you'd have to do in every other loan, to access that loan again, it's not liquid. You don't have your liquidity in that money unless you do a refinance. Right. 
So super important to, to realize with the VA loan, there's really three different types of options. Two of them are called cash outs. One's a purchase and one's called the Earl. Right. Right. So if you're early. Great. Great. Oh my gosh. Great deal too. The expert ish <laughs> community know about the Earl. Do we they know will, about they the will Earl? now. They will now. Okay. Oh my God. Interest rate refinance reduction loan. Three, three R's. So the Earl allows you to drop your interest rate. You do not have to income qualify and you do not have to get an appraisal. Insane. Yeah. So as long as the rate can drop at least a half a point and you have been paying that on that loan, you, we want to see six on time payments. You know, doesn't mean that's when you start the loan. We need 210 days. So that's yeah. how it equates 210 days from first mortgage payment due of the last time you refinanced or purchased, you can earl interest rate refinance reduction loan. That piece, if you're active duty, the funding fee is only a half a percent. Mm -hmm. And if you, again, have that disability or you're rated, no funding fee. Yep. Game over. Yeah. You just get to keep refining. And most of the time it's at no cost. And last year and a half, that's been huge for a lot huge. of people. Hack number number seventeen, I think we're at on this yeah, on this yeah. podcast. You get to kind of do a little mini cash out too if you need some money. So the impound accounts that you're collecting, your taxes and insurance, you get that as a refund check back to you. With the Earl, we can wrap those impound accounts into the new loan, raise your loan amount, and you can essentially get a cash out from your mortgage statement. Whatever shows as what's in your current escrow account, you're going to get that as cash back to you without having to go through all the steps of income qualifying and doing appraisal, especially in Southern California, you're getting five to $6,000 back without having to provide an income document. Yeah. Means you were active duty, you got out, you're on GI bill, not making any money, Earl, no yeah. problem. Yeah. So on that note too, GI bill BAH, different right. from regular active duty BAH. We cannot use that to income qualify because there is a term limit to it. Right. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good thing to absolutely to point out because I'm sure some people are, which is great. Their minds start rolling. They're like, oh my God, I got my GI Bill. So, but yeah, yeah, because you run use out it. of that. Yeah, great use benefit. It. Use it. It just doesn't count towards your housing. Get a job to too. Qualify. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. You're going to have to double up. Focus double up on, on your school. One. We get it. A degree isn't just a piece of paper. Learn a new skill. Yeah. But yeah, and have a job. And have a job. That's if a, if a, you want to get along. So, so great point. If you think you're going to be going on terminal mm -hmm. or you're going to be getting on a couple of years, you're going to put yourself in the penalty box. Yes. Because transitioning out of the military is, it's not easy guys. Like it is not an easy process just to make that transition into civilian life. You, you had one career, you're going to start over with another career. Not everything transfers. Doesn't mean the skills don't, but you kind of got to start over a little bit, right? It's not like you just get to be head honcho and then switch over out of the military to civilian life. And the civilians are like, yeah, we understand all these acronyms and what you do. It's like, that doesn't mean you can't go DOD or some other right, pieces right. where it directly transfers. But a lot of times you kind of have to start over a little bit. And it takes a couple of years to do that. Right. That's why the GI Bill exists. Go to school, do those things, but you're going to be in the penalty box because income qualifying is not as easy. So if you think you're going to be getting out, and you think you're going to be staying in the area in which you're getting out, I would highly recommend start making a housing plan before you go on terminal 
Because once you don't have the ability to re-enlist, doesn't mean you have to re-enlist. Right. You just have to have the ability to re-enlist and be eligible for re-enlistment. When you're in terminal, that's literally what it's saying. You're not eligible anymore. Yeah. You've decided you're you're out. That, that income is no longer qualifying because it will not continue. The same thing, we have to prove that you can be re-enlisted for at least a year to income qualify to, to say that this income is going to continue. Yeah. Do you have to re-enlist? No, but you have to be eligible to re-enlist. I've, I've bumped into that a few times where friends, it was really hard to get through to them when they were, you know, for instance, like they were retiring, retirement papers were in and they were, you know, under that year or they were getting close to that year and they're finally like, okay, you know, like I, I think I'm ready to do this, but we're doing it in like six months when we know this. I'm like, dude, like that's going to be a different ball game. You're going to yeah. be, you know, like you either do it now or you're going to have to wait and, and, you know, see if you get job offer or whatever the case is. If it's a, that's the other thing too, right? If you start a new career, if it's okay, DOD or something like what you were doing, not a huge deal, right? Yeah. Shorter penalty box. Yeah. But if you wanted, you're like, Hey, cool. I did this. This is a cool part of my life. Now I want something totally different. Like, which is what I did. Right. Yeah. There's a big penalty box, right? You, you sorry, you're going to have to wait. Hey, you're getting off out of the military. Renew your paycheck was. It's posted. Yeah. Posted on the internet to find out what your paycheck is. So you're going self-employed. Like, Oh, yeah. That's a whole different And you want a million bucks for a loan. Like, uh, uh, here's the litmus test for lending. If you wouldn't lend your buddy the money, neither is the bank. <laughs> right. <laughs> it, I, it, essentially, like, if you're self-employed, it's close to, for me, it was almost a two-year. Two-year. It is two years. I had to get the two uh, tax returns. Yep. You know? And so, yeah, it was kind of, and so that's why I was waiting. I had to wait, and that purchase this year was my first post-military because of uh, taxes filed in February. So went into escrow in March, you know, as soon as I could. But yeah, I was in a penalty you box. You sat in a penalty box, so. right? Like... You didn't even get in a fight. You didn't even get to. I didn't do anything. You have right? yeah. a black guy. Yeah, you sit in a penalty box because of time. Yeah, right? and I think that's a good point too for supporting documentation that is required when you're active duty and when you're not. Right. When you're active duty, it's an LES, two months of bank so statements, easy, and a photo man. ID to prove who you are. When you're out. If you go self-employed, oh, we need blood samples. Not, not for real. <laughs> yeah. But like Retin we, we want to see tax returns. We want to see P&Ls. So hopefully you, you've learned how, everything. Yeah, everything. Because it's not easy to prove that this is continuing income, right? right. Because you are now self-employed. You're the decider of that factor. You could decide to go on a cruise for two years, mm -hmm. right? We need, to, we need to show that you have the ability to repay the loan. Right. That's the bread and butter of doing a VA loan. Is there ability to repay? Yeah. They're not going to take your word for it either. Like, no. I promise I'll work hard and make money. Though, but, uh, let's yeah. see if you can do it for two years first. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's all good though. But, but those are all, like you said, those are huge things to recognize in your game. It's part of the planning, right? If you wait till the last minute to come up with it and it's like, oh, sorry, dude, you can't have a loan for you know, next couple of years. That can, that can put a wrench in things, right? Yeah. Put a big wrench in things. And especially some people, they wait till that point to start thinking about their retirement home. Like now all of a sudden, like, great, I want to take this time to build my like forever home. This is where I want my, you know, my family to be. We've been moving around. Uh, okay. Well, you're going to have to hold off a couple of years on that, which sucks. 
It does. It's horrible. And this is my analogy to that. So, and we'll see if this works live. Jay, when's the last time you went on a vacation? Probably never because you're working a ton. I, I fortunately took three days. I went to Hawaii in uh, February right before uh, coronavirus hit. Three days I went to Hawaii. Yeah. In February. Yeah. When did you start planning for that vacation? Um, six. Well, I, I promised myself I would take three days off per quarter at the end of last year when I was like, dude, I can't keep doing it like this. So I promised three days per quarter and I started planning for it two days before I left. Okay. So I knew he was going to throw yeah. that in bad example. Yeah. But most bad. people, when you're planning for a vacation, you're doing like six months yeah. in advance. So I did schedule it out for that, okay. but I just didn't know if it he, would really happen. He thought about it and started planning uh, yeah. for it six months in advance. Yeah, yeah. So you're telling me you're going to plan six months in advance to go somewhere for three days. Right. And we're not making a plan for home ownership that you're going to live in for years and years and years. We're, we're like, oh, we're going to wing this. We're going to go to an open house and decide we're just going to move into move into this place. Right. Guys, why are you planning a vacation more than we're thinking about home ownership? Come on, man. I, I planned my home ownership. <laughs> it was the taking time off. But I think it was because I was in the penalty box. So for two years, I'm like, I've just got to work until I get out of the penalty box. And then finally I'm out of it. And I uh, literally, it was like right after I filed my taxes. Okay, three days, go. Yeah. And then come back and buy something. So, so Jay's making a plan. I think that's the, the piece to stress is like, at minimum, you're going to be living in this place for two years, right? So like, Let's maybe back up this process and set some goals, write it on your mirror, write it somewhere in your goal sheet, wherever you keep that. I think the expert is, the, the podcast should put out something like a goal sheet. Yeah, you, let's do it. Let's, let's, I'll let's put, put it out, together. Let's yeah. put out something that like people could download right. and and just a simple thing to see like, hey, here, here's my one year, five year, 10 year goals. Yeah. And I hope housing is on that. I hope planning vacation is on that. I hope. There's emotional and spiritual and other pieces of your life that you're thinking about rather than just go punch in the time clock. Yeah. And that and that is uh, mine are always on my, but well, you know, now I have to hang new bathrooms since moving in here. Yeah. I have to hang new mirrors, but I always have those. And it's usually like which uh, next investment property of my business goal. And then I do plan like my, some of my personal stuff and it will be there. So I have to see it every morning. So you go brush your teeth and you're like, oh, did I hit, oh man, am I on track for this? And even you, you stop reading it necessarily, but just it being there, you recognize it and it stays ingrained in your head. You start living it, and right? You, and you, and you hit your, like, I have not, I've yet to miss a goal put on my mirror and I stopped reading them after two days because you know, what's there, yep. you know, but you, but by seeing that every day, it's kind of like a contract to yourself. And then you just kind of kick your own butt if you're like, not like, dude, you're, you're not going to hit that if you don't quit screwing off, you know, if you don't do, you know, whatever. And, so it, and it doesn't mean that life doesn't change, but I think that's, oh, a, su that's a super important part of the, of the journey, right? Yeah. And having it not be transactional. Why are we being transactional with ourselves yeah. too, right? Like yeah. if you're just going to McDonald's every single day, like, man, that's so transactional. Let's think about the the effects and the other pieces of life. I happen to be married to a marriage family therapist. <laughs> Shout out to my wife. She has made me a better human being like by a million. Right. Right. And, but we talk about things. Yeah. It doesn't mean that I'm always doing the right thing. I'm very rarely have I figured it out. <laughs> but I think that's part of the game too. It's like, let's communicate like, Hey, I'm, I'm kind of effed up. I kind of screwed up in right. this part, but like, I'm not going to stay neutral in it. 
Hmm. I'm definitely not going to get worse, right. but I am going to choose to get better. Right. Right. And I think that's the next stage in, in real estate, right? Like I bought the single family home. Hmm. I understand what that investment is and I've had it. Maybe I had some roommates that I rented out those yeah. rooms and kind of started to understand the investment property. And now I'm kind of ready to convert that thing into a conventional loan and go buy this fourplex. Right. Maybe live, maybe literally live in one of the units for a while. Yeah. I mean, experience landlord niche ish mm-hmm. and all the ish that goes goes with it. Yeah, there's some issues that comes with that. There's always pros and cons. Yeah. There's repairs that have to be done. There's tenants that you have to worry about. There's tenants that lose their jobs, right? There's it's not that there's not risks mm-hmm. in that, but when you start calculating those things and you start setting those goals and living in it and and working with pros like right. yourself to discover that, man, it's a, such a fun journey. It is to be on. It is, and 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 people think sometimes, and again, everything's perspective, right? So sometimes people will think, well, what if you have a repair for that month and stuff? Well, one, a lot of times you get to write parts of that off too, or all of it, yeah. And then two, if you're investing like in stocks or anything too. There's ups and downs, right? That doesn't mean the stock market is a bad thing to invest in. It nope. just means you understand that you don't ditch your stock if it's coming down. You think it's coming back up, right? But they do have those, you know, valleys, right? And same with if you just look at it that way. So if you have a month when you've got to do a couple repairs, and it's like, oh well, there was there was my valley in my stock, but I get to write it off. Right. Like the, the, the valley is not quite as deep, but no matter what, it's still such a great, you know, great, you wouldn't just give up on investing in everything, right. you know, your retirement account or anything, just every, th- every time something dips a little bit, you just can't think of it that way. You have to think of it as a long-term goal yeah. or what is your long-term goal? Yeah. You know what I mean? Some, some of these, even, even real estate investments can be a short term, you know, in, in a grand scheme of things, right? Uh, like flipping, that's kind of a short term goal, right? Yeah. You make that cash, but it's something else. But um, to me, when people talk about diversifying things, I think of it like that. How do you diversify your real estate? Yeah. I joke about it. I'm like, no more than two homes on one street, yep. you know, more than no, don't own more than, you know, whatever. But there are so many ways to, to diversify that between, you know, like standard flipping, the house hacking thing we were talking about before, like Jack's starting on between turnkey rental properties, rental properties within your IRA. They're just a million different things. And you can choose some properties because you think, well, Hey, this, I've got a steady rental income, but it's going to appreciate like crazy. Oh, this one is just super great for short term, but the winners are going to be off. But that, you know, like stack them in the right way for you. And and there's really three ways that people have wealth in the United States of America. One, you build a business, you monetize it and you either sell it or stay monetizing the business. Two, real estate. Yeah. Three, you inherit the money. Yeah. That's really it's true. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Generational wealth. Right. So I love first gen gen wealth, right? Like that's my, that's part of my plan. Like yeah. I want to be first gen of gen yeah, yeah. generational wealth and mm-hmm. passing that money on. Um, so so I, I think it's a, it's a super cool strategy to understand because the United States is built that way. What do you think the tax breaks are going to be? Oh yeah. It's where do, where do you think the, it's going to be selling companies and yeah. real estate, right? Yeah. So let's just say you have that primary residence, you build a bunch of equity in it and you do want to liquidate some of that money and do something else with it. Guess what? When you do a cash out refi, do you pay tax on that money? Nope. Nope. That, 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 that would kind of blew me away. And, and I think in the back of my, I, I kind of knew that, but the first time I cashed out refi, I was like, wait, no, am I right? Like, let me, let me talk to my accountant because this does, this seems too good to be true. Yep. And let's say you've had that fourplex now for a period of time. So 
1031 exchange, like kind property investment to investment. Doesn't mean it has to be fourplex to fourplex. You could say, hey, no, I'm tired now of being the landlord. I'm going to invest in a, a tick or I'm going to invest in some other piece. You can 1031 now even to businesses and opportunities out. Right. Like, crazy, crazy long-term. These are big picture plans. Mm -hmm. We bring in an, even a couple other advisors to say like, uh, I love then talking about the next stage of that. Like, so I made some money in real estate. Now let's get all the the next generation involved and say, here's my goals that I want to have happen. Not only with this real estate and this money, like I really care about dogs. Right. I really care about veterans. Wh whatever those things may be, uh, you start to pair that up and with your with your legacy strategy too and say, man, this real estate now produced this this legacy, right. and this generational wealth. So back to the three things. Build a business and monetize it, real estate, and then inheriting the money. <laughs> right. I think it's important if you want to be an entrepreneur and if you want to kind of go to the next step, like try to do all three of those yeah. things. Yeah. And and be the legacy, and and be a legacy to yourself on a daily basis. Doesn't mean that's giving away a bunch of money, because like we said, money is a transactional right. tool. It's a right. it's a currency. But I think when you start having passive income or other ways of creating wealth, your time now becomes and understandably the most valuable asset mm -hmm. that you get to start volunteering or doing other pieces or right. Sitting down and doing podcasts in the middle of the day, right. drinking whiskey, right? Like, Could be worse. I, I I love doing this this portion and kind of sharing my errors and mistakes, right? And the the hacks, right? And and the wizardry, yeah, the wizardry, <laughs> the, the wizardry, wizardry behind that, it. That What's behind the curtain of the last fifteen years of uh, sometimes hitting my head against the wall, sometimes getting lucky, mm -hmm. but a lot of times making very strategic and calculated decisions to do the things that I'm doing. I read right. a really good book, Annie Duke, a uh, professional poker player, Howard Letter, her, her brother is the one most people know. She wrote a book called Thinking in Bets. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a really important thing to do. Like we can't control the outcomes, but we can certainly know the, uh, or, or close to know the statistics on, is that outcome more or less likely to happen? Right. Right. So if I start thinking in bets, I don't get mad when if I pick a nine to one or a 90% of the time, this one's going to win and I lose, yeah. I still made the right decision. Yeah, exactly. I just exactly. happened to hit the 10% loss right. and I'm going to do that again and again and again. And nine out of 10 times I'm going to win. Right. Right. So I think it is important when you're thinking about some of these strategies is a thinking bets mm -hmm. and to understand sometimes you're going to lose or sometimes you're going to get frustrated but but to continue to move forward, right? Like right. we we talked before, the past is the past, the future is the future. Live in the present, but plan for the future. Right. No, that's one hundred percent. That's huge. I've had conversations with people talk about what if this fails, or what if you fail, or if this doesn't work. And I probably maybe even said it on the podcast before. There's nothing in life that like unless you die, which then it doesn't. You know, like whatever your investment that that's not really uh, relevant then, but there's no like bell, like the end of a fight or there's no like time clock, the end of a football game or something. Yeah. So you only lose if you stop playing, if you quit. So like, if you get hit, you get knocked down, like, Oh, that one hurt. Like you said, you take the nine out, you know, the 90% bet and you lose that one. Like, yep. Oh, I took a hit. Okay. I lose if I stop. Yeah. And how but often you get up and go. And then usually that's just going to make you do better because you learned that next time it's going to be a 95% to percent chance because you learned one more little thing, you yeah. know? 
Get one percent better. Yeah, just get one percent yeah, better. You're not gonna time. get. You're not gonna get all the way there. Uh, but how often do we see? And this is kind of even morbid to even say, but people that have been married for a long time, mm-hmm. the spouse passes or someone passes, and like within weeks, the other person, the other person passes away. Right, yeah, and it's yeah, because yeah. because of that same phenomenon of like, man, they were, it was tied together. Right, all the stuff is 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 tied together. Right, that's true. Well, let me ask you, since we talk about like, we do learn from our mistakes, right? And we talk about that all the time on this podcast. What has been, what would you say is your biggest mistake on the investing side? And it, not necessarily even that you made the mistake doing it, but what was your biggest loss, biggest hit, you know, gut check? Oh man. I So I flipped some properties mm-hmm. too. And I, I've had a couple where we just picked losers or we picked stuff that, oh, this isn't going to be a big issue. And it is. And I, I, I always look at myself and be like, Hey, I'm never going to cover anything up. Right. I'm going to just take it on the chin and move on. So I've had a couple flips that I've lost some pretty big money. I never right. made it to the six figure loss, but definitely five figure okay. losses on, uh, on flipping houses. And a lot of it was just due to uncovering stuff that were unknowns. Right. Right. And then I really knew to look for that those things, those things in the future. So a lot of it was just on comping properties and early on, you don't realize when you start crossing free, and this is important when buying real estate yeah. too, location, 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 right? right? So same zip code, cross the freeway, different values, mm-hmm. use the wrong comps to kind of say, this is where I think you could go. Right. And then maybe overspent, mm-hmm. didn't buy right. So I think that's, that's kind of the, the number one thing you buy, right? Doesn't matter. Right. You can kind of mess up a little Yeah, bit. yeah, yeah. But you say, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna bend this rule, bend this rule, bend this thing. Um, I think that's where you kinda you kinda get messed up and then you start backtracking on your pieces. So um I think one of the rule one of the kind of good rules, I'll translate this into into real estate investment is what I do in the stock market is I don't like to have any one piece of my portfolio into more than 10% right. and something. Cause you just don't know what's going to happen. Right. So I have some stuff I went all in on. Mm-hmm. Right. And it was hard to get all back out of. Right. On. Um, and I, I, so I would say that's the biggest mistake is just not knowing what I didn't know mm-hmm. and not realizing that I didn't think I could just tackle it. But the flip side of that, it's like, Oh, what's your biggest strength is usually your biggest weakness. Yeah. Too. Yeah. All right. So, from those mistakes, I think I learned the most. And if I had to look back at it and say, oh man, I lost 60 grand. That, that's, that's, a, yeah. that's a big hit. Yeah. I lost 60 grand on that. I probably got, I don't know, a couple hundred thousand dollars worth of education. Huge perspective. Of education and doing that, that made me that money back in the future. Mm-hmm. Right. And so pro- it made you that. And then, you know, 10 times, I'm sure just from that one mistake even. Yeah. 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 I don't mind taking those those thinking bets and taking those calculated risks. I just wasn't, I didn't know the whole game. Yeah. So back to kind of the beginning piece, best way to invest in real estate is to buy a primary residence. Yeah. Not to go buy a 200 unit complex and leverage yourself with hard money. Yeah. That's a thin margin. Right. You're playing with fire. Yeah. Right. Could it go well? 100%. Could it go bad? Most likely. Yeah. <laughs> and if you had a bunch of uh, experience under your belt, do you have a better chance that you're going to make the right decision on that? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. And you probably right. wouldn't do that deal because you say, hey, this the risk reward isn't there. Right. I, I love hitting base hits now. Right. Love base hits. Mm-hmm. Just keep hitting the base Singles, hits. Singles, doubles, and thank you, thank you. Yeah. 
yeah, I do run across a home run once in a while. I, it's just not worth it. Yeah. Hey, I I wasn't blessed with the athletic six seven body, ripped two hundred and seventy <laughs> pound meat of a man. So I got to just hit base hits. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I'm not swinging for the fences every time. Right. I got to play the smart game. Right. So right. that's the, that's the deal. That's awesome though. I mean, but that's huge too, right? It, it's huge. Base hits win the games. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's just playing the game. Mm-hmm. Playing the game wins the game. If you never step feel, never step foot on the field, yeah. I promise you won't win the game. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so true. So true. Uh, uh, that's, uh, man, we talk about that all the time. Just get in the game, get in the game, get in the game. And then it gets addicting too. Yeah. And it becomes less like work and it seems less like risk. And it just becomes like, like what it is, an investment, a project or the projects are your investments, but they're still fun. It's just so many side benefits from it. And and like you said too, as far as the building the wealth, like I use for a lot of new, like first time discussions with especially yeah, military buyers and stuff. I just use the cash flow quadrant, right? Yep. Such a, per, like to me, so it's the most simple way to really break down how to build that wealth. And it, it, I just, I couldn't do it any better. So I just steal that and oh. I mail them a book and go, all right, cool. Turn to this page. We're going to go over this, right? Yeah. Why well, recreate it? But that's really based on what you were talking about as well. You know, the real estate, you could build a business, you know, you have your job portion, which in the military, that's what that would be. So I mean, just, it's just a perfect explanation of what to do with that. Uh, and just don't stay in neutral. I think mm-hmm. that's the, that's the worst. Like, and this is probably a bad analogy, but maybe you can visually see this. Like if you put a car in neutral and just sit in the car, you're up to the elements to determine what happens to you. Yeah. Right. Like someone could come up and push you in a direction. I hope, hope to God you're not sitting on a hill because you're <laughs> just going to start rolling. And maybe you're like, All right, I got this. I got my foot on the brake. Well, I, maybe that fails or maybe something happens. Right. So I think the more that you can not be in neutral right and choose to go in a direction and make a plan go in a direction it's like all right my, i'm driving across country well you better start driving in the right direction right at least start there right yeah you get a little bit of handle on the car and then you're like all right i can let's let's take this over 100 yeah. like we can do it yeah and then you do yeah right and and the kind of the another analogy to that is when you first get into a hot tub it feels really hot Mm-hmm. We sit in there for a half an hour. And you're like, man, like turn up the heat. Like this is boring, <laughs> right? Exactly how it works. And I think that's like where you get in, in anything that you're expert ish mm-hmm. in. The people who are just sitting in the hot tub, you're getting you're getting some wrinkly skin. <laughs> if you're just, just sitting in there, yeah, saying this is the end game, right? Right. So be expert ish forever. Yeah, learn, grow be improving towards the future. Well, just being, it connects you to other people. And I know one thing for me is just your financial, what becomes your norm or what you think is possible changes too. Because starting from zero to get to a certain point, you're like, man, I'm just, and appreciate anything I have always, you know, I really, really do. But then you're around other people and you're like, wow, that's just a normal person too. And they've taken it to this Oh, cool. And then you're around them and it seems normal and, and certain things just become the norm or you see that it's not like magic. It wasn't like someone didn't gift that to this person. They learned and they created it and you're like, wait, okay. So it's up to me to do that. And then you just start climbing, you know, what you, what becomes your norm changes. Yeah, Man, I used to would have loved to have had a thousand dollars in my bank account. 
yep. you know, that it just was oh, like a buffer, you know, and, right. and especially when you're a kid, that's a different story. You oh, know what I mean? God. But then it just becomes a different norm. And then you see that these are just normal people putting in the work and making good decisions and getting in the game and just doing these phenomenal things. You're like, man, I want to do something phenomenal. Those 12 inch JPLs on my trunk, man, those were the, <laughs> right. I was so cool. <laughs> I was so cool in the day. And now <laughs> <laughs> like, you don't even catch me with my trunk rattling. Seriously. <laughs> Seriously. So things just change, but yeah, getting in the game is the big thing and, and you know, not to go too, too deep into it, but, uh, you know, definitely we do have a cool project coming up with, with another veteran that we've worked with. Oh, right. Man. And, uh, another great guy. Right. And pretty, uh, I would say a creative and fun project, right? Oh, it's an absolutely amazing project. And I think this goes back to, again, just be a human being, right? So over the years, I've done a lot of flips. I've done a lot of projects. And because of that, not only do people trust me, but I've treated them well and they want to help me, right. right? And so with the team that we've assembled to do this project is outstanding. It's pretty ridiculous. Out, <laughs> outstanding what we're getting, what the value we're getting for the currency that we're exchanging. They're not doing it for the money. Yes, we're paying them good money. But every one of them, sorry to interrupt, but like are so like even talking to Trevor yesterday. Yeah. Every person involved are so appreciative of the project and being involved in the group that it's such just a cool experience to be part of. Yeah. So uh, we have contractors, we have designers, we have sourcing of products, mm -hmm. furniture, mattress, like all these people that if you're just nice to people along the process, like they kind of want to help you out, right? Yeah, the yeah. current, they were trading the correct currency. Right. Right. And so, yes, I'm, we're making some money on it. Yes. It's going to be a very good cash on cash and internal read return and it's great cap rate. Yeah. Like a hundred percent. Pretty good. Can't really top it. Yeah. So this was a, want to go into the deal a little bit? This sure. is yeah, a fun yeah. process. Yeah, throw a little on market deal that was just marketed completely the wrong way. So I uh, was picked up from another investor. I buyer bought it because someone just wanted to get cash right away. We've, we kind of tracked this investment for 30 60 days watching it kind of set in the MLS being marketed the wrong way. And they decided to take the off the market. And right when that happened, I happened to recognize the, the seller called the seller and was like, Hey, I think we may be able to put something together on this deal. Got a pretty, pretty good discount ended up paying essentially what they were into the property in with very limited profit to them still made them whole, which is what they wanted. Mm -hmm. And we're able to put together a, a pretty, a pretty interesting deal for the, the veteran where we're going to do all the rehab, then put the VA loan on the project. So it's 0% financing for the project and the rehab, right? Which is incredible. Insane. Yeah. There's three different levels. So the veteran is going to be able to move into the house mm -hmm. as required yep. and be segregated from kind of the rest of the investment. It'll be, it's, it underwrites massive. all 6,300 square foot house. So underwrites as a long-term, underwrites as an Airbnb. It, it underwrites several different ways, which we, we want. We want yeah. exit strategies. Yeah. And, and when, we say, when we say underwrite it, we just want to understand from a cash flow perspective, what are the exit strategies that we have on this house? Because just having one exit, like we talked about before, means we're not really thinking in bets. Right. We're, we're taking a pretty big risk. Having several exit strategies allows us to 
if we needed to, we could flip this house. If we needed to, we could long-term rent it and it's kind of cash flow. The goal on this is to Airbnb it and yeah. we should be a, a little over 100% cap rate. Which is also totally fine with VA loan, right? Like, yeah. you know, and because of the, this, the way this house is set up and how large it is, the owner can live essentially fully segregated as an own apartment yeah. from the rest of the property and also just be making money. Yeah. Over his mortgage. Airbnb doesn't say you have to rent out the entire house. You can rent by room. You can do those things. All all those things are allowed when you're living in the house as a primary residence. And that's why even more than just one house, this one happens to have two separate driveways, two separate two-car garages. So it really segregates well. But super easy to do that when you're looking at a two to four unit. Right. Right. So I love this project. I love how it's going to end up. I hope that we can share um, more than just words on yeah, it later yeah. because this the sourcing that we're doing for uh, appliances, paint colors, um, plan putting a, a little speakeasy right That's into the, the into the house. Also, just working with people where you're walking around like a luxury, you know, like just mm-hmm. needs this work. And it's like when someone says what about a speakeasy? And everyone's like, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Like that, there's no price on that. Like working no. with people are like, yeah, let's, let's do that. No. And, and like we mentioned before, it's because of the team that's put together. So th- this veteran's going to benefit um, because we're not trying to gouge. We're not trying yeah. to do anything to hurt, to hurt his, his benefit. Uh, but to move into a house that he's going to have as a great investment property is going to have equity built in and to use a hundred percent financing and put nothing down. It, and a, a, another point to to throw out there is, it only happens. Also, credit to him. It's someone that um, worked with my real estate team to uh, get into a property two years ago. Wow! And and PB, but because he showed the interest and would meet up and wanted to get into a next step of investing, was always talking about that. Mm-hmm knowing that he was interested and ready to go and like was in that was a passion of his and he wanted to really get into it so when this this popped up you know it's kind of like oh here's our person here's yeah. our here's the here's the guy but because he put that out there so kind of going back to taking that first step some in reaching out either to the professionals or whatever let people know what you're interested in because if when things fall in someone's lap they're not going to know to you know that you're interested if you don't reach out to people and talk about it. This is going to sound crazy too. Let yourself know what you're interested in. That, right no, it on the mirror. Crazy at all? Yeah. Right. Like, uh, tell other people. Verbalize things. Like, I love real estate. It's, there's not a there's not a soul that does not get around me that does not know that I love real estate and right. I love helping people build wealth in real estate and having a place to live. Right. Especially if you're a veteran. Yep. It's, more than anything if you're a veteran and especially if you're that e3 that we have to build a plan to to get permission <laughs> like i have another one that he had a girlfriend at the time and she they ended up getting married both 18 19 years old newly in those are the stories of rent bought a, a three-bedroom house renting out two of the rooms and his monthly payment ends up being like 200 bucks a month for a Same. place to live yeah in southern california yeah that's nice that he's putting equity in and we refied it because rates were a friend and now he's positive cash line the house he's living in right it's insane insane yeah getting paid to live in your house you get paid like, <laughs> i mean i can't even imagine someone calling me up hey uh would you mind if we just paid you to live where you where you're living yeah 
and you get to live with your buddies. Like, okay, I'm going to go here. I always tease like, okay, we got this Navy guy that decides to buy the house. We got these Marines that are buying big trucks. Like, and the Marines are just renting from the Navy guys. (laughs) (laughs) See, I know you live in a Navy town because you're making that, that analogy. Yeah. yeah. So, so maybe if you're other parts of the country, we have to, tailor it to make the Navy people feel special not just the, right. Not just the taxis for the Marine. Right. right? Like, but that's really what's happening. Yeah. He may be the decision to be the person that's buying the house, renting to your buddies, not the person that's renting yeah. from your buddy. hundred <laughs> percent. And, and, you know, and, and you're actually still providing something too, you know, yeah. you're still providing, so it's all good, but yeah. Why wouldn't you do that? And here's the crazy part. One of his buddies I was renting from, Bought a house a year later and he was stoked. He's like, you got to talk to my team. Yeah. You got to talk to my people and they're going to help you by encouraging his renter that's paying him money. Cause he's like, I bet there's next man up. And, and I bet he'll pay more. <laughs> like, right? Like, I, I give this guy too good a deal. I'm going to pay for his cable. I'm going to, I'm going to help him get into a house so I can re-rent his room. Right? No, it's true. It is true. And it is contagious because every time we see people start uh, doing it, then their friends want to do it and their friends, which is phenomenal. Like every, I want everyone to make that, you know, make that a passive income is great. You look, you look at the first of the month differently when the check's coming to you versus you paying that check, right? hundred percent. hundred so different. hundred percent. And, and that's this, the piece like opportunity costs again, does it feel better to pay that? I've seen as much as a thousand dollars a month for that big ass truck yeah. or to get the thousand dollar paycheck at the beginning of the month. Like, okay. Emotionally driving that car off with the new car smell felt good. Yeah. Short term, short term, my friend. Yep. I bet you, I would rather have that every single month yeah. the opposite scenario where I'm getting the check right. versus paying the check. hundred percent. And, the, and and it really, in a sense, you just flip flop your order and you're still okay. Because if you're getting that, if you purchase right the first time, you're making that thousand dollars a month. Well, then go get your truck and it's not costing you anything. Does anyone actually know order of operations? Like I was a yeah. math major in college and I could probably go through a little bit. Guys, super simple. Buy a house, buy appreciating assets, then buy depreciating assets. Right. Appreciating first, depreciating second. Deal done. Let's do it. There we go. All right, you know, we can sum it all up to that. Now, now the producers are going to trim this down to like a thirty-second podcast, and you just you just ruined the rest of the, the whole other hour, man. Thanks, appreciate that. No, that's that's awesome, man. I, I definitely want to thank you for uh, coming out and sharing so much with us today. And I mean, just fun, anyways. Like good projects, good stuff, good information. Obviously, anyone can reach out to us, you know, the Landing Collective page. All of our information will be on the website as well for us to put in contact with you. But what is the best way for people to reach out to you if they want to reach out direct? Just call Jay. I don't want to. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like what you did. You just leveraged me as your assistant. Well played. Well played. Yeah. So uh, there's several different ways to, to get to the wizard. Yeah. I enjoy this is the this is the biggest piece. And I if Jay can share this too, we do a monthly nationwide seminar on the VA benefit. It is in depth. It's about two hours long. It's live. So if you're on the West Coast, it's at eight AM. Get up. <laughs> it's worth it. Worth it. If you're on the East Coast, get it at eleven o'clock. Right. If you're living in Texas with some good old boys, ten AM, probably the right time. We can get that link out. Absolutely. The VA benefit.com. Perfect. It's pretty easy to remember the the letter T H E V A benefit.com. And you can sign up to register for learning about your VA benefit. 
and just being educated on what's changing and what's happening. So that's my goal, Jay, is just to let people know that there is a safe place to learn about the benefit, that you're not going to get swindled, that you're not going to be pressured into something. You may be led. You may be say, hey, I may push you a little bit, right? You should think in some bets. Yeah. Right now you're eating Papa John's every day. Stop doing that. Yeah. I'll lead you. I'm not going to pressure you into doing something you don't want to do. Right. No one in the expertise community will yeah. will do that. So I thank you, Jay, for just putting this together. I'm so grateful to be not only friends with you, but to, to be part of a community that understands that the people who served our country deserve the right to own a piece of it and deserve the right to have lived that legacy where they're creating wealth and real estate and passing it on to generations to come. That's huge too. That legacy, right? Passing that on. Yep. It's huge, man. Absolutely. Please reach out either to Jared for that or to us and we'll show you the link. We'll get you to that information so you can learn about it. And Jared will be back on for sure once we finish this project so we can talk more about it. Not to tease it a little bit, but, uh, you know, because it evolves, right? We make changes (laughs) weekly on this one. And yeah, just excited to be part of that team as well. So thank you for that. You know, you definitely built some great relationships here and now I get to benefit from that as well. So that's what all this is about, right? Just connecting great people. Yep. And here's my super simple challenge, not even real estate. I encourage you to smile first or wave to your neighbor first because you're starting a movement. If you can wave and someone waves back, if you can smile, someone will smile back to you. Let's continue the movement of just living in the present so that we can plan for the future versus dwelling on the past. That's why you get philosophical right then too. Now we can narrow this down to like two 30 second clips, man. There you go. Awesome. Hey, thanks again for your time, man. And we'll be talking to you again soon. Awesome. Thanks, Jay.